Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. So as you guys know, we are coming to the last little bit of working with the kleshas. These kleshas are mental emotional afflictions that cause persistent distress, discontentment, dissatisfaction, um, dis-ease and pain and suffering according to the yoga sutras now it does sound very bleak this idea of like why are we working with all this negative kind of concepts but i find that it's useful to actually embrace the kind of shadow side of our humanity use our our yoga practice as a therapeutic tool to help um, refine um, these techniques to be able to skillfully navigate our whole life, the ups and downs, the left turns, the right turns, and find our way down a middle path in which we are guided by a loving awareness, by choices that take care of ourselves to actually fulfill a deeper purpose and um, to really celebrate a lived experience. Because as we all know, there's a beginning, middle and end. And how well did you live? How well did you love? And how well did you learn to let go as the Buddha suggests in reflecting on our whole life? So in the past few experiences, we worked with the Klesha Avidya, our own ignorance, the kind of veil that covers and colors the, uh, distorting our ability to see. So our practice was to open that veil and so we can see with clarity into the truth of reality. And then we worked with Ashmita, which is egotism, that we get locked in what we can or cannot do, what we like or dislike. We get locked in the way that we see ourselves and reduce ourselves by our labels, thinking more or less of who we actually are and what we are. So dissolving that unhealthy ego and really celebrating a more healthy ego in the way in which we approach um, our lives. Then we worked with Raga. Raga was, um, it well is, this attachment to previous experience pleasures, this yearning, craving, you know, drawing, attaching to these pleasures that we experienced in the past and seeking out more pleasure. But as we know, and as we experienced, getting a pleasure and attaining it doesn't necessarily cure the pain that you're in because that pleasure has a beginning, middle and end and this too will pass. And so it's never fully satisfying. Like I got a cupcake and there's a beginning, middle and end to it. And then you realize after the end of that cupcake, oh, I still have that void inside me. And so we see that, yeah, for a temporary moment, that pleasure satisfied us, but it's not a cure to um, the shadow side of humanity. So on the flip side of that coin of Raga is Dvesha. And this is the Klesha that we're focusing on in this practice, which is the avoidance of previous experience, pain and suffering. So just like last session with working with Raga, not all desire is bad. You know, the desire to quench your thirst, to feed your hunger, the desire to get our fundamental needs met, to feel safe, to feel love, belonging, connected to, to really celebrate a more meaningful, purposeful life in that way in which we enjoy the pleasures of this world. 
you know enjoy the beauty nature creativity it's good to experience pleasure it's just the attachment to an outcome thinking that it will cure your pain becomes the cliche so it is also natural to avoid things that are scary that may cause you harm however this cliche dvesha um, draws our attention to what we are resisting to experience. And it's usually linked to a past experience of discomfort, dis-ease, dissatisfaction, of a pain or a suffering that we experienced. So feel in your body energy and notice what comes up in your mind. I'm going to ask you a few questions and notice your aversion. Notice your uh, resistance notice your reaction to want to push these concepts away so think about something that you don't like to eat i don't like to eat gristle even though my husband says that is where all the flavor is i don't like the texture it's just like blah, 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 blah. i just don't like it i have to spit it out now you might actually have an aversion of the concept of eating animals and notice that feeling Notice what you don't like to smell. I myself just got back from Venice and there's all this white asparagus. And I love asparagus. I so love it. I just don't like the smell of my asparagus pee. I just, I even thinking about it, I kind of go, don't like that smell, but I love eating it. Think about something that you don't like to feel. I myself don't like to feel when I get into water squishiness going through my toes because when I was a kid, I grew up in Idaho and we have freshwater lakes and I ran into the lake and I stepped on fish eggs and they squished between my toes. It was so gross. So now every time I go, I'm like, I jump into the water. Don't touch the floor. <laughs> Think about something that you don't like to listen to. I don't like fast jazz. It drives me nuts. It makes me anxious. I want to jump out of my skin and run away. And it makes my brain just overstimulated. I don't like that feeling and I don't like to listen to it. Think about something that you don't like to see. I find it so hard not to be so affected when I see violence or extreme poverty. I just, I, I find it so painful. I just want to run away and I just want to close my eyes and I don't want to see it. So these are not based in the present time. They are past conditions or impressions we call samskaras that we have a fear-based reaction to and not interested in experiencing them again. So there's a slogan that says, if you have a hysterical reaction, it's usually historical. And that insight is how our brains and our bodies save and store memories. And these memories are usually fear-based. And it's a useful design to keep us safe and protected for our future experiences. However, as we mature, some of these memories and our aversions to them actually limit us in our lives and our relationships. And it gives this illusion that if that we are free if we keep on running away from the pain that it causes. So there's another slogan that says, what we resist persists. 
that what we resist, we keep pushing away, it will come back in different forms at different times of our lives, trying to kind of like, okay, are you ready to face this? No, I don't want to push it away. You ready to face this? No, I want to push it away. But it will keep coming back. And this resistance is, it, it, this resistance is felt as tension in our body. We contract, reinforcing these other kleshas to get involved. Our raga, when we feel, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to go chase some pleasure. I'm going to go think about what I'm going to shop for, what I'm going to eat after class. You know, just chasing more pleasurable things than dealing with that pain. Or we go into egotism going, yeah, I don't like that. So therefore, I don't have to look at that. And that's who I am, so you're gonna have to deal. <laughs> or we go into avidya, where it's so colored, we don't even notice we're resisting and we're ignorant of just pushing something that we feel is not okay away, that we don't even see how it harms ourselves or others. So this, this way in which we form aversions leads us to hold in our body, energy and mind, resentments, grudges, dislikes, even hatred, hostility, this kind of harmful critic in the way in which we judge ourselves and others and create more negativity. So the solution in, in yoga points towards starting to look at the stories we tell ourselves that keep you stuck in this core false belief and notice if we can start to investigate, to look into the stories in a different way, we might be able to have a different relationship to what we are resisting, what we're averse to. And this is a technique called Pratipaksha Bhavana, which is Yoga Sutra 233, to see the value in what we resist as a teacher and learn how to view our reaction to aversion as a useful opportunity to practice. And this way of practicing builds trust in ourselves to love and care for our past and present self, opening to the possibility for healing, finding lasting fulfillment, deeper contentment within ourselves, even if stuff comes up in our lives that we find difficult, and that we have the tools to free ourselves from whatever causes us pain and suffering rather than doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results which is the definition of insanity <laughs> so what we've been working with is viveka this ability to stay awake to have keen discernment to understand oh there's aversion oh there's there's attachment oh there's my egotism oh there's my own ignorance and so this idea of starting to look at your eyes like hawks and see that discerning awareness, that wise judgment to kind of clock when you are reacting. One wing of the bird is um, a byasa, a focused, diligent practice that you gift yourself time to be here now. Not five minutes ago, not in five minutes time, but right now. And in that, we practice vairagya, which is the other wing, which is this letting go of sensory observation. Oh, I am so averse of sitting here listening. I'm so bored. I'm going to think about what I'm going to eat. Why are you resisting being present, just receiving, listening? What is between you and being here right now? What is between you and feeling content right now? What is between your mind and your body that's causing you this dis-ease? Sit with it. And whatever comes up, 
see it, value it, but learn how to release it and let it go. So in the Yoga Sutras as revision, we've been going through this, repetition is the only way we learn. When we are practicing, what you're going to notice is four things. Yoga Sutra 133, negative thinking will arise. Emotional distress will arise. Instability felt in your body will arise and disturbances in your breath that mirror the disturbances in your mind. Either you hold your breath in, I don't want to let go. I want to control this. I don't want to feel this or hanging on the exhale. I'm disassociating. So the regular way in which we start to move our breath, turn our attention to the inflow and outflow, opening to sensation and seeing that it teaches us the art of impermanence and the art of letting go. So there's a beginning, middle and end. And in that we, we welcome the beginning. There's a middle and oh, there is an end and we go to the next moment. So key tip <clears throat> is to create an asana that is stira and sukham. This is Yoga Sutra 246. Each asana you're going to take, first make sure that you are stable and comfortable in it. Then you turn inward, Sutra 129. You focus on your breath, sensation, cultivating light of understanding. And contemplate a stable mind we're going to use, so hum. Inhale, so. Exhale, hum. The meaning of that mantra is, I am that. I am that consciousness having the human experience of Zephyr right now. And wow, I am consciousness watching Zephyr be averse to this practice or this pose. And so you play with this, delaying the reaction in avoidance and respond by leaning in, utilizing the tools of practice and being more open, intimate, honest to what you are resisting. And then notice why you're reacting. It's a historical thing. It's a past experience, a judgment, a criticism, an injury, an ailment, something that really touched you. And now look at how you can learn to deepen your learning, deepen your application of these tools and deepen your healing. If you would like to continue to practice, find out more information about the topics discussed or to donate to this podcast, please visit ZephyrYoga.com or follow the link in the episode description. I thank you.